What's up, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris Wilson, host of the Average Sports Nerds podcast. ASN is a podcast started by two lifelong friends who have a passion for sports and the debates surrounding them. You can connect with us on Instagram at AVG Sports Nerds. From all of us here at ASN, we thank you for your support and we hope you enjoy the show. What's going on, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris. We're back here. Another NFL episode recapping the draft. I'm joined by my guy, Alex Nix. First time being on the football episode in a while. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, man? It's good to be back. Although I've been kind of avoiding talking about the NFL for a while based on the way the Eagles performed at the end of the year and their horrible offseason so far. But I'm back. I miss the NFL, and I'm ready for to talk about this first round. Yeah, man. The first round this year was interesting, to say the least. Uh, I did my mock draft last week, and I'm sure you guys that have heard that by now are going in on me a little bit. I got five out of the 32 picks correct, so that's not good. <laughs> But, I mean, hey, it's it's better than pro- probably most people, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, Todd McShay did have the first seven picks correct. Mm. So I saw well, I mean, that. He, he is like the expert or one of like the best yeah, experts there is. <laughs> Definitely has more intel than me. There is there is a reason why ESPN has hired him and stay, kept him on staff for so long. Facts, facts. Yeah, I know that was like a big thing last night between him and Bell Kiefer. You know, they're always going at it. So always that was cool. But yeah, getting into this draft, I mean, obviously, everyone wants to talk about the quarterbacks. So we can start with it there. Trevor Lawrence went number one to the Jags. That was foregone conclusion. Pretty much same with Zach Wilson going to the Jets at number two. But number three, the 49ers went Trey Lance. We could start just with that one. What were your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Initially, it looks like they are either going to give Trey Lance a chance at beating out Jimmy G, I would assume, for the starting position, or they're just going to try and trade Jimmy G somewhere and just let Trey Lance take the reins from there because that offense with a healthy – or that team with a healthy quarterback, we've seen what they can do. They got to the Super Bowl two years ago, and if they were healthy and Jimmy G was better, I don't see a reason why they can't go back. 100%. But, yeah, I mean – Good for I mean I guess good for good for them you know they they're they're making they're making these moves to try and improve immediately. They've had very bad seasons two out of the three years with Kyle Shanahan, but that is almost all due to injury. So hopefully they can get rid of the injury bug because whenever the 49ers are good, I feel like the NFL is in a better place. I don't know why. It's just a weird feeling I have, but yeah, no, good for them. Happy for Trey Lance too. Yeah, 100%. And to your point about the NFL just being better with them being good, they're just one of the classic franchises. I know yeah. a lot of older fans, especially, they think about Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and even into Steve Young. They just had a bunch of guys winning a bunch of Super Bowls. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. As far as Trey Lance goes, 
he's really been the hardest person for me to make like a definitive like opinion on because we haven't seen much. He was spectacular his one season starting at North Dakota State, undefeated, didn't throw any interceptions, which is unheard of. Like, I don't think I've ever heard of someone doing that. Yeah, that's crazy. And then he also played the one game this year because of COVID and everything, and he had a couple turnovers in that game. So it was like, oh, man, that made me a little worried. But for the 49ers, I think they should let Jimmy G start this year and let Trey Lance learn under him just because Jimmy G's he's no scrub. He can get the job done. And we know how injury prone he's been. Mm -hmm. So it might not even have to come to them making a decision. The decision could just be made for them. And I think it would do him some good just as a young guy. He's not even 21 years old yet. Right. Just to sit for a little bit, you know, Aaron Rodgers style. Yeah. I know, you know, speaking from, you know, personal experience with my team, if you have a cert, if you already have a starting quarterback drafting their possible replacement doesn't bode well for the, the starting quarterback's mental state, as we saw in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz, and as we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but Jimmy G isn't on either of those guys' level. So, I mean, and, and it's pretty obvious that the 49ers agree with that. And if they had a better quarterback, they might have another Super Bowl ring. <laughs> so very true. I, yeah. So yeah, I hope he is the guy. You know, I don't I obviously we don't wish any anybody to struggle in the league, but based on based on his resume in college, and that's a system that has produced NFL talent. I like the hopes. I like their hopes. Yeah, definitely. And I was gonna say the only one that I can think of that worked out really well for both both quarterbacks and the team was when the Kansas city chiefs pick Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. and even though they picked him with the 10th pick, they let him sit behind Alex Smith. And I feel like that's kind of the caliber of quarterback that Jimmy G is just really a game manager, even though he's, he actually turns the ball over a little too much, but he wins games somehow. And I think that they can do that this year. And by next year, I think Trey Lance will be ready to take this league by storm. I agree. But moving on to the next quarterback taken, it was Justin Fields. He went at 11. Originally, the Giants had that pick, but as Justin Fields started to fall, the Bears saw their opportunity. They traded their 20th overall pick, a first-round pick from next year, and then a fifth and a fourth-round pick. So they gave up a little haul, but they moved up nine slots, got the guy who I, th who I thought – coming out of the season was the second best quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. So I'm excited for that. What are your thoughts on fields to sh Chicago? Hey, Chicago might have their guy. I know there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of things for fields to work on as far as being an NFL quarterback. I'm surprised he fell that far. I thought the Broncos were going to take him at number nine, but my hopes are high for Chicago. They deserve the bears and the city. The, the city deserves a good football team. They had their one good year under Matt Nagy, and they've had a couple of, like, random good seasons. As, as far as I can remember, they made the Super Bowl in 06, and they were, you know, decent after that, and then they've really been irrelevant ever since then other than that one good season under Matt Nagy. So I'm, I'm, my, hope is, my hope is up for them, but if Matt Nagy's the coach, he's made some very uh, 
questionable decisions as a as a playmaker and as a decision maker. But as far as the quarterback goes, I think it'll work. I think I think Justin Fields, after probably like a year watching Andy Dalton do his thing, or maybe even half a season, that Justin Fields will be ready. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Personally, just because I don't think Andy Dalton is any good at all. I would just put Justin Fields in now, but they actually were a playoff team last year. Even though no one remembers, they did slip in. They got the seventh seed. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Lost first round to the saints, but yeah, I, I don't think this is a bad football team around him. I think they have a solid defense, obviously led by Khalil Mack, but they got a few other guys on that defense that can really play. Uh, and then the offense is pretty solid. We saw D- David Montgomery start to come on at the end of the year there. They got Allen Robinson still. I mean, they picked Cole Komet, the tight end, last year pretty high in the draft. Hopefully he was starting to come on at the end of the year, last year. So hopefully yeah, he can keep developing. And like you said, they might have something in Chicago. Yeah, I hope they do because I, I just want the Bears to be good. That's another team where I feel like if they're good, the NFL is better. I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it is yeah, another classic franchise. Yeah, a strong it, fan base. I mean, I guess it's considered a classic franchise only because I mean they've been around the league a while. But you know, they only have one ring, and that was in '85. And a lot of people consider that the best team of all time, simply because of their defense. But yeah, I, I guess I guess it's because it's Chicago is why Chicago. Whenever Chicago has good teams. Just the sports world is is better because they are some very passionate blue-collar fans. Yeah, 100%. And to your point about them only having the one Super Bowl, I think it's because they really never had a quarterback. Like That's true. I think as of right now, Jay Cutler's like top three in their franchise for like best quarterback. They've never had a quarterback. That's right. Yeah, even in 85 when they won the Super Bowl, they had Jim McMahon who was just right. – like a game manager type. He was like a Trent Dilfer. Yeah, exactly. The team was just so good. He had Walter right. Payton running behind him. He did. So it was, yeah. yeah. But as far as Justin Fields go, I like that. I think he has the chance to be the best quarterback in franchise history, which, I mean, it's not saying much, <laughs> but if he does that, I think they could be a really good team. But to me, it's, it's like you said, it's with Matt Nagy. Right. We saw him. He's had multiple quarterbacks come in, not just Mr. Trubisky, but Nick Foles didn't do anything when he was in there this year. It's just I first off, I don't know how him and the GM still have a job. They had the number three pick, traded up to number two to pick Mitch Trubisky over yeah, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I don't know how they still have a job, but I guess this is their last opportunity. So if Justin Fields is not it, those guys are definitely going to be out of there in a couple of years. Yeah. One thing I am a little concerned about, I know it's not an, uh, a vindication of, of Justin Fields as a player, as an individual, but when was the last time we had a good, a, a good quarterback come out of Ohio State that translated to the NFL? Because I don't think I, I can remember one. I, mem- I remember Troy Smith back in the early 2000s was one of the best college football quarterbacks like ever. And yeah, he was nice. He didn't do anything in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins, obviously, you know, yeah. wasn't didn't didn't amount to anything. 
Braxton Miller. He's a receiver. He as he was a receiver in the league. Terrell you Pryor. Know, Hardale Jones. I mean, like these guys come out of Ohio State. They're so good at Ohio State playing quarterback, but they don't haven't done anything in the league. I hope Justin Fields is the first guy to uh turn that around. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the system at Ohio State just makes it real easy to play quarterback. It's not a lot of reads. It's a lot of one-read plays where this guy's just going to be open because it's college football, and if we scheme it up right, we can we can do it. We have better athletes here at Ohio State than other teams. So I think they just scheme it up pretty well. We've had multiple guys. Like Dwayne Hasn't threw 50 touchdowns his senior year or <laughs> whenever he came out. Right. So – yeah, that's a very good point. But I just think for me, the optimism for Justin Fields is that I think he's a better prospect than all of those guys. I agree. Coming into college, he was rated higher than anybody that they've had in a very long time. And he proved it. Obviously, he went to Georgia first. Couldn't beat out Jake Fromm for the starting job. So that's that's actually a little concerning to me, but... Hey, it, it's college football. Things like that happen. Joe Burrow couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, which is why he went to LSU. Yeah. That, so I'm not going to take too much into that. But, yeah, this – like you said, it's it's high risk, high reward, really. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I I, I do think Justin Fields is, is better than the guys we just talked about as far as today's NFL goes. So, yeah, I mean, I hope he can – turn that franchise around or not really turn them around, but catapult them into becoming a contender. hundred percent. Real quick, which before we talk, before we stop talking about these early quarterbacks that were drafted, which of the first three do you think will have the least success? You mean between, between the first three picks? Yeah. Between Lawrence, Lawrence Wilson, Wilson and Lance. Yep. Lance. Personally, I got to say Zach Wilson. I agree. And just, it's on, only because it's the Jets. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, I know they got a new coach, so I can't I can't right. Adam Gase blame them anymore. But right. yeah, they still I mean, I was gonna say I liked that they moved up and got an offensive lineman at 14. Yeah. That was to go great. with it. I yep. thought that was a good pick for them, but they have so many needs. The weapons just aren't there right now. The run game wasn't there last year. The defense hasn't been there in a long time. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a while before they get good. And a lot of times, like, I still don't think Sam Darnold's, the jury's still out on him for me at least. And I think it's going to be the same kind of situation with Zach Wilson. If the team doesn't get any better, how is he going to play good? It's a team game, really. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I hope Robert – Salah, I think is how you say it. Or yeah, Salah. Sal- Sal- I hope he's able to turn them around. You know, there's no, nothing but optimism for all these teams. You know, at this at this part of the of the NFL calendar. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I agree. I think Zach Wilson, not based on his talent or anything else. I just think the situation, playing it, the pressure of playing in New York with that media, with those, with those crazy fans they have up there, it'll be tough. And there's, and their team isn't very good. Anyway, they don't have a, a roster like the 49ers. So, exactly. Or they don't have receivers like the Jaguars do, you know I mean? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, a lot of the same things could be said about the Jaguars. Right. But at least they have VJ Chark. Yeah. 
Exactly. They have a couple players. Yeah, I know they picked Westbrook too. They picked uh, Travis Etienne, his running yeah. back, later in the first round, and they already had James Robinson at running back. Like they got some backs. The defense is pretty bad. Like I mean, they were very bad. Don't get me wrong. They lost 15 straight games to end the season. So you gotta be pretty bad to do that. Yeah. But I just think Trevor Lawrence. If we're looking at it, everyone had him as the number one pick for a reason. He's got all the physical traits. He's got the production in college. He can run. He's got probably the best arm in terms of just accuracy and throwing power. Yeah. I mean, he might not have the strongest arm, but just those things together. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't pick him to be the worst out of those three. And just Trey Lance, honestly, he's the biggest question mark to me, but he's going to the best situation with the team that's already good. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned – Travis Etienne that made me think for a second how many of these guys these you know the the Clemson Alabama Ohio State guys LSU a lot of them now are playing on the same team you know we just talked about Etienne playing with Trevor Lawrence or uh yeah Trevor Lawrence Clemson teammates Devontae Smith went to to the Eagles where he was uh Jalen Hurts receiver for a year Jamar Chase with LSU gonna be catching balls from Joe Burrow. I mean, do you think that that was, that was planned? I don't know. I mean, I normally don't think it's planned, but I don't know. I think, I think these guys had a little bit of pull and getting, I mean, I'm not going to say they had a pull with the GMs, you know, drafting, but right. It's it's got, they they had to factor that in at least a little bit. Yeah. I think the situations are all three, just a little different. I actually think, Joe Burrow had a lot of pool in them getting yeah, Jamar Chase because there were reports that already that he wanted them to pick Jamar Chase. So I think that they probably looked at that and said, you know what, we want to make our young quarterback happy. And maybe they already wanted to pick him, but I just think that with Joe Burrow saying it, it probably stamped it for him. And then going to the Eagles, I think that one's just a little different. I don't think they were going into it like we got to get Devonte Smith because no, I mean, they he got played the, with Hurts, right? I but, think I'm sure it, I'm sure it helps, you know, yeah, helps feel a little bit better because they know each other, they have some familiarity. But yeah, yeah, exactly. They just got they had to they had to get them. they had to get them. Yeah, I was gonna say I think they needed a wide receiver there, so yeah, they took. He was obviously the best wide receiver on the board at that point. I, yeah. Personally, I think he's in the running to be the number one receiver from this class, but. I don't know. A lot of scouts seem to like Chase better. Well, it's only because of his size. It's got to be only because he's six feet. He's only 165 pounds. Hey. But that that didn't matter against the SEC cornerbacks. You know who all you know who all get drafted themselves. I mean, yeah, he, and do, he dominated in the college football playoff. He dominated all season, really. I mean, yeah, he won the Heisman as a receiver. Like, that, like, yeah, the last one to do that was what Desmond Howard, right? 1991. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, hey, I'm excited, but well, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, it's, it's the NFL now. You can't barely even touch these receivers while they're running their routes, anyways. So, right. I don't understand why you have to be six four and and jacked up and swole to play. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it definitely helps. You know, the 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 Megatrons, that Julio Jones. Now we've recently seen DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, the big body guys who can just you know out physical these corners. And you know, either yeah. head, win win balls up in the air or just body, you know, body him. And I guess Devontae Smith, they don't I guess they, they don't think Devontae Smith can do that. 
but we will see what happens. We'll see, man. I don't think Antonio Brown, he might have been weighed maybe like 20 pounds more, but I don't think he was that much yeah. bigger. And he was the best receiver in the NFL for a very long time. Yeah, at least five years, yeah. But, yeah, we can talk about one last quarterback here that went in the first round, and that's Mac Jones. He slid all the way to number 15 to the Patriots. They sat tight, waited for him, and Bill Belichick got his guy. And personally, I like I don't think the Patriots are the type of team that look and say, oh, we need a quarterback, so we're just going to take the best one available. I think if Bill Belichick made this pick, he's looking at Mac Jones, and he had to like something about him. So Bill Belichick likes it. I, I'm not going to criticize it. I think that this could work out really good, but we'll have to see. They got they still have to put weapons around him. Yeah, I mean, Dominique Foxworth from ESPN had a great had a great take on this. He said that it's not like he's going into a great situation. The receivers he had in Alabama or at Alabama were far and away better than the receivers they have in New England, and that's not an over that's not an exaggeration. That is 100% the truth. I mean, I Two, think I could make that argument for almost any team in the league, honestly. For Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what? They had two or three. What? Mac Jones was the quarterback for the past two years, right? Or no, no. Tua was last year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but Mac Jones had, stepped in at the end of the year, though. Right. But he had two first rounders. He was just throwing the ball to two first rounders. And then, you know, a, 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 the third receiver, I believe, is going to be a high draft pick next year as well. Yeah. So, and he had Jerry Judy for a little at, bit the year before that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, no. But as far as Mac Jones, I mean, well, I mean, we'll see how he is with 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 poor weapons. I mean, it's hard to judge quarterbacks based on you know if they if they have if they don't have guys to throw the ball to to make plays and to catch the ball to get open. You know, you can't throw the ball you can't throw the ball to guys who aren't open, or if they don't catch it, right? You, right. He's got to be able to trust his guys, and if the Patriots receivers can get that trust from him, they'll be great. But I think not having a solid receiving core is going to hinder his his progression um, as a player, as an individual. But Josh McDaniels is still there. He's he's still a genius, so he's going to learn a lot. And we'll see what happens. And obviously, they still have Cam Newton. He's going to learn a lot from Cam Newton because Cam has become much more of a leader and much more of a of a I guess a wise vet now. Now that his body is starting to slow down, so. As far as the success the Patriots will have, I don't know if they'll really have any, simply because they don't have many weapons. I mean, they did go out and pick up Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, but, yeah, those guys don't really do it for me. Nelson Aguilar is all right, I guess. But they when did get – Yeah, when he catches the ball. Right. I mean, they also got some tight ends, though. I think that's going to be a big upgrade for them this year with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith coming in. That is very true. I but yeah, I honestly completely forgot about them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we see it with Lamar Jackson and I know completely different style of passer, but if you don't have good weapons on the outside, after a while, teams are going to key in. You're probably going to the tight ends. And I think it's a lot harder to throw even in the middle of the field when you don't have any weapons on the outside, taking away coverage or at least guys that you have to pay attention to. So We'll see if this Kendrick Bourne guy can step up, but I, I don't really believe in him too much. And then same with Nelson Aguilar as the number one receiver. I, I don't like that. So 
Not at all. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, yeah, I know you don't like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, th- I think just for Mac Jones, like his skill set, though, I think he gets the ball out quick, and that's not to be underestimated. Joe Burrow played with great talent at LSU. He had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall Jr., who didn't get picked in this first round, but he'll probably go in the second tonight. So I think we could see Mac Jones be good. It's just I think it's going to take some patience, and I think it's going to be some growing pains, man. I think the first year or so adjusting to NFL speed is going to be a little tough. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But, yeah, we can move on. I wanted to highlight real quick some of the picks that I got right. I mentioned it in the opening that we I got five right. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, one and two. I think everybody got those two right. But Kyle Pitts, number four to the Falcons. I thought that was good. I thought it was a good pick for them. I picked Devontae Smith going to the Eagles. I mean, technically, I picked them going there at 12. But I did say that, that you know, I wasn't picking trades and stuff. So I just thought that the Eagles would pick him. So I'm counting that as correct. And then Elijah Barrett Tucker, this was a surprise to me. I had him going 14 to the Vikings, but the Vikings traded out of that with the Jets and the Jets took him at 14. So I'll take that as a, <laughs> I got, I got to take what I can get here. Yeah, no, but uh, as far as the Eagles you know, uh, picking Devontae Smith, I mean, that's what, that's what a lot of people were saying. That's what literally everybody in Philly, that's what all of us wanted, all of us Eagles fans. We saw where the Eagles were in that mid, in that early to mid first round. We saw that's where people were mock drafting him in that same area. For the past three years or or two, two or three years, the Eagles have needed young, good receivers. They've missed out on very, very good receivers the past two years in the draft. We still don't know about Jalen Rager for sure, but the Eagles trading up two picks to get in front of the Giants who were for sure going to take Devontae Smith if he was there, according to many, many, many reports. Howie Roseman knew that, and he did a good job trading with Dallas of all teams and getting getting in front of them and, and forcing the Giants to then trade down for the first time in Dave Gettleman's career as GM, which was very surprising to me to hear that. So, yeah, I mean, I got to, you know, if y'all were listening to me talk about the Eagles Back when I was still doing NFL episodes in the in the towards the end of the season, y'all know how much I have a disdain for Howie Roseman and how much I wanted him gone. But he has always been very good at maneuvering around in the draft and keeping the Eagles in good positions to acquire talent. Now the talent he has acquired has been atrocious for the most part, but it looks like he did something right off face value. Yeah, I got to agree with that. I think, honestly, it's been a very good offseason for the Eagles, just judging from where they were from a cap perspective and the quarterback situation. I think getting probably a first-round pick for Carson Wentz, obviously we talked about the the trade stipulations and you know it could be a second round, but I think most likely it will be a first-round pick. Then also trading back from 6 to 12, picking up another first-round pick, I know a lot of people thought they could get Jamar Chase there, but obviously we saw that that wasn't the case. So moving back and getting another first-round pick, having three next offseason, I think it's going to be huge. And still getting the Heisman Trophy winning receiver. And, hey, I know picking receivers in the past hasn't really worked out, 
but at least this time we can point to it and say that this was the best guy on the board. Right. And if, if it doesn't work out, then it just doesn't work out. And that happens sometimes. We can't really be mad at Howie for making that pick. So I think so far he's had a pretty good off season and we'll see where he goes from here. I, I think it's looking good that he stayed on now, I guess, but I mean, before this, it's been pretty bad. So yeah, <laughs> he's, he's still got a lot of cleaning up to do. Yes, he does. But yeah, I mean, I did want to touch on who my team picked for a second here. Haven't even mentioned him partly because I've been struggling, man, for the last, like, ever since we picked him to say his name, right. <laughs> my wife keeps getting on me, but I'm pretty sure it's Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis out of Kentucky linebacker. Watch some of his highlights here. I think we got a good one. Ron Rivera said it was their highest rated defensive player that they scouted this year. So I'm excited about it. We definitely need O-line help still probably use some more weapons on offense, but let's keep strengthening our strength and let's see if we can just stop people to death. <laughs> you got any thoughts on my guy, Jamin Davis? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly thought initially, you know, before the draft started that the, that Washington probably needed some more offensive help, whether that be another quarterback, just, you know, to challenge ta- what uh, what was his name? Taylor Heineke. Hein- is that how you say it? Uh, Heineke. Heineke, yeah. I mean, um, we got Fitzmagic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look, the man, the man is almost 40. Sometimes it's tragic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, or, you know, either whether it be another quarterback or I thought they'd get another weapon for the quarterback to throw it to. But adding another uh, linebacker to that defense, you know, to to go along with Jamar Chase and Montez Sweat. And yeah, that that, that defense, I mean, that defense should be good, should be very, a, a very decent, you know, at least a top 15 defense, if not top 10 defense in the league. So, yeah, I mean, great pick for y'all, at least off face value. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to sit here and act like I knew everything about this Jamin Davis guy before, like, a few hours ago. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I know there was some people that had other linebackers that were still on the board rated above him, mainly um, his name is escaping me. I got it here. Mainly Jeremiah Owusu, something, <laughs> J-O-K as they call him. I'm not going to butcher his name anymore that I already did, but J-O-K, he's a linebacker from Notre Dame. I saw a lot of people had him rated higher, so we'll see. I'm That's something I'm going to keep an eye on, but, yeah, we, our linebackers were trash last year, so I think just another step in the right direction. We're building, and – it's the best I have felt about a Washington football team, just overall about the direction of the franchise in a very long time. So, yeah, I hear you. This is the first time I've been happy in a first round after a first round for the Eagles in a while too. Yeah. It's, it's exciting, man. This to me, the best time of the year, every team has hope. Every team's looking forward to the future. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess with that said, we can move on. I wanted to talk about, the biggest surprise pick in the draft. There were a few surprises to me, but I want to get your take on what shocked you the most when you were watching. You're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. You know, it was, it wasn't that 
there, there's two of them that come to mind immediately. And the first one was not getting offensive line help for Joe Burrow. Yep. But I understand why they got Jamar Chase. Look, I mean, Jamar Chase is, he was considered the very, you know, the very best receiver in the draft by a lot of people. He's a stud playing with Joe Burrow again. should be great. But at the same time, Joe Burrow is coming off a, a tore up ACL. He was, when he was playing, he was getting battered around in the pocket like he was a pinball. They needed offensive line help. And there was a guard right there for the taking that they that they passed up on. What's his name? Um, oh, Penny Sewell? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. He could play any of the five line positions. Right. So passing up on him for Jamar Chase might come back to bite them. But um, I understand why they did it. Now, the other guy that really surprised me was Patrick Sertan to the Broncos, simply because I thought the Broncos were ready to, if not move on from Drew Locke, but give Drew Locke some competition. And I thought Justin Fields was that guy to get there at number nine. Patrick Sertan is a very good corner. He was probably the not the best, but the second best defensive player in the draft, right behind J.C. Horn, who the Panthers got at eight right before them. But, I mean, so, I mean, that's, I guess, good for them, good for their defense. But their defense hasn't necessarily been the problem of that team. It's been a quarterback play. So I was very surprised Justin Fields didn't get selected there. Yeah, I agree with those two for sure. Starting with Cincinnati, I'm not, I'm never going to say it's a bad pick because we don't know the alignment could be not as good. This receiver could be great. Right. But, just judging off what happened last year, they already have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I know they lost A.J. Green, but I already thought he was getting up there anyways. Yeah, he's, he's done. Yeah, so I personally, I didn't think they absolutely needed a receiver here. So I thought they would go offensive line. But, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of that one, I'll say. But, yeah, like you said, Patrick Sertan, that was another good one for sure. I don't think anybody saw him going there. Like you said, I think we all had them getting a quarterback if one fell to them. And they had their choice of Fields and Jones. I guess John Elway and the people in charge there didn't like those options. So I can't say that's a bad pick. Right. It's either that or they still have uh, faith and trust in Drew Locke, which, I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's very wise. Cortland Sutton was hurt last year. So who know, you know, if Cortland Sutton comes back, he's their number one pair. They have weapons. Jerry, Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. And then those running backs they have. If if Drew Locke can't perform with that offense, then it's time to move on. But I guess 100%. they have faith in them. But yeah, the one that really got me and I was a little shocked by was Alex Leatherwood. He's an offensive lineman from Alabama. He went 17 to the Raiders. And like I said in the past, I'm not scouting offensive linemen and, you know, watching tape and trying to figure out who's better. Right. But there are a lot of people that do. And most of them had him as like a second round pick. Didn't really have him above some of the other linemen that he went above. Mainly Christian Darisaw. There's a couple other guys here. Landon Dickerson, also from Alabama, and even Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. i seen it was pretty consensus that mostly everybody had those guys over him. So I thought that was very surprising and something I want to keep an eye on with the Raiders. 
Yeah. The Raiders, they've made they they are, you know, very well known for messing up their draft picks. No matter who the GM is, it seems like they go out on a limb and draft somebody that shouldn't be drafted in the in the spot they drafted that that player in. Most notably Darius Hayward Bay. Back when they had what number five overall and they drafted him just because yeah. he ran like a four point two or three in the in the draft or something. Maryland guy. Right. Right. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, no, they but, did it a couple years ago with uh, Cleveland Farrell. He was like a pass rusher from Clemson. Right, he hasn't turned out to be really anything, right? I mean... Yeah, they took him four overall, and I don't know. He was supposed to be like a late first rounder. Wow, yeah. Maybe even like, yeah. So it was some head scratchers there, but they're not a terrible team, so I guess they're doing something right. Even though I was just going to say... I feel like they got rid of all their starting offensive linemen just to draft another offensive lineman to draft. I don't understand that. Like they got rid of three out of the five starters from last year and the line was good. And now they just picked it. Like they only got one guy back so far. So mm. I just don't understand what they're like, the direction that they're trying to go in right now. Yeah. It beats me. The Raiders are always, a very confusing team to try and understand, no doubt. Definitely. But we can talk about who your favorite pick in the draft was because I got a couple, but I'll let you start here. Who was the guy for you that was, that was like, man, great pick? You mean other than Devontae Smith for the Eagles? I just talked about the Broncos passing up on him, but I, you know, my favorite pick was the Bears getting Justin Fields. Uh, yeah. I, I I really do think that he has potential to make them contenders, especially with with the with the current status of the NFC North and Aaron Rodgers being disgruntled, and the lion you know the Lions are never good. The Vikings are they have Kirk Cousins, so they're not going to be really <laughs> too much of a, a of a threat. So Justin Fields could catapult them into being a top team in the NFC, or especially in their own division, if he plays up to the potential that he has. Because that roster is not bad. Like you said, they made the playoffs last year. Even if it was like a mediocre team, they still made the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think Justin Fields was my favorite pick of the of the draft or the first round, other than Devontae Smith. Definitely, I was. That's probably who I was going to say too. Was the Justin Fields move? I thought it was a great move and. If he turns out to be good, we're going to be looking back on this and crediting the GM and the coach there for for making it. But yeah, just so I can get another name out there, I mean, obviously I like Jamin Davis, but this one for me, I'm going to go I'll, – I'll, I'll give two because the first one is – it's not the sexy pick. Everybody knows during draft season, I've become a huge fan of the O-line because I think that's where you win at. Yes, and, Yeah, for me, Penne Sewell going to the Lions, I thought getting him at seven, the best lineman in the draft, I thought that's going to be huge for them moving forward. They got a lot of rebuilding to do, and I think he'll be a stalwart on the line for 10-plus years. But I'll give you a little bit more of an exciting pick here. And that's Najee Harris going to the Steelers. Wow, really? Yeah, 24th overall. Wow. They still got to upgrade the offensive line because it's going to be hard to run with no line, but they got playmakers now. 
you know, it's it's funny. After this, for everybody listening, we were going to be doing our least favorite picks, and that was my least favorite pick of really? the first round. Simply because a running back does not solve your offensive line issues at all. He can cover some I didn't, things I didn't, up, though. I didn't realize James Conner was the reason why Ben got sacked all those times or why there was no holes for James Conner to run through. <laughs> you know, I just feel like a running back in that situation or in that in that spot doesn't help really the 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 team. I mean, it helps a little bit. Sure, he's he's, he's a dynamic playmaker. I get it. But first of all, running backs drafted in the first round, I disagree with anyway. Because we've seen what what the 2017 draft cast looked like with all those guys coming out in the second, third, and fourth round who are very, very good running backs still. And you know, like I said, the Steelers' weakness was their biggest weakness, other than you know Ben not playing very well, was the offensive line. And that definitely doesn't help Ben play well. <laughs> so... I just I just think they needed offensive line help more than they needed a running back. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that to a certain extent, but I just think Najee Harris is actually like a star running back in this league. And I don't know, man. A lot of people really slept on Derrick Henry when he came out. He went the second round, and I think that he's been dominant. I I don't know, man. I just think that if you got a good running back on the board, like the Cowboys when it took Ezekiel Elliott at four. I know a completely different situation. He went to a great offensive line and ran all over the league for a few years, but there's still time. They can still get some offensive line help maybe in the second, third round, beef that up a little bit. And Big Ben, he's a veteran. He'll get the ball out quick, like he was doing at the beginning of last year. And now they just have weapons. Najee Harris can also catch the ball out of the backfield run after catch. I think this would be good, man. Honestly, James Conner last year, I just don't think he's that good of a running back personally. So we'll we'll have to see. None of the running backs on the roster, I think, are even like should be getting on the field in the NFL game. So there's also that. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have to see. Man. I think, I think it'll work out. Mike Tomlin, he'll, he'll get it. He'll get it right. I just don't see them improving that much as a team without getting offensive line help. And I hope they get some in the second or third round if they're if they're available at their at their position. But if they don't get any offensive line help, I don't see the Steelers offense being better than it was at the end of last year. I mean, yeah, I could agree with that for sure. They got to protect Ben. He's got to be able to monitor the field because he had no time towards the end there. Mm-hmm. And they were 32nd in rushing, which is last. So <laughs> we'll see. Thank you for making my point for me. I mean, I'll, I'll throw one more there. I'll throw one more there. Caleb Farley to the Titans, pick 22. Going into the year, he was rated the number one corner. He opted out. Now, I know there was some, like, medical concerns. He had to get, like, a back surgery in the past few months, which is kind of weird because, like I said, he opted out. So – not sure how he got hurt, maybe training, but I still think the guy has talent and the Titans needed corner. So that was another one I really liked. Yeah, I mean, getting corner help in the first round is almost always a good thing for a team. There's not many times when a cornerback in the first round isn't a good player. Now, there are obviously some of those times because not every single player works out, 
But most of the time, if a cornerback is drafted in the first round, they are a, a, a good player in the league, at least for, you know, for, for the duration of their rookie contract. And the Titans getting help defensively will just make that team even better. I mean, they didn't really need to upgrade anywhere on offense. Maybe receiver. They lost a Maybe, lot of weapons. Yeah, I think they lost Corey Davis, right? Corey um, Davis, uh, both the tight ends. Right. But, at you know, yeah. drafting number 22, there really wasn't really any good – Receivers available at that spot, and they can just draft one in the second or third or maybe fourth round. So, yeah, look, I, I agree. I think that's a great pick for the Titans. Definitely. We'll see if he can stay on the field and stay healthy. But um, moving in, I know you mentioned it with the least favorite pick. So I guess I'll go with this one for me, and a lot of people are going to disagree with this. But it's Jamar Chase for me. I think we talked about it enough already. I think they needed offensive line, and I don't think they really need a receiver. But, hey, he could be great. I could be so wrong about this, but I just didn't like that personally. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I I agree, man. I just – I think they should have got an offensive line. When you think of the past three to four Super Bowl winners, the offensive line has been one of the best units in the league. In order to win – in the NFL, you need to be good inside both offensive and defensive line, primarily offensive line. If your offensive line is good, you will have a very good chance at winning, period. You can run the ball and you give your quarterback time. It's very easy to just pick a receiver or a running a, qu- a quarterback or a running back, and you know, a skill player because they're flashy, they make plays, they're going to they're gonna bring in money. Yep. But if you want to win, you need to start on the inside. And I think they, yeah, I agree. I think they definitely should have gotten Penny Sewell here. But, you know, it is what it is. I hope he's, I hope it turns out well for the Bengals. But I just don't think Joe Burrow is going to have any time still (laughs) to throw the ball. He might, you know, he might hurt, he might get hurt again. Like, I hate to say it, but we've seen it with Andrew Luck and the Colts. They didn't draft offensive linemen for the longest time. He was the most hit quarterback in the league for the longest time. And he was always hurt and constantly being hurt made him retire before he turned 30. Like, yeah, protect the quarterback. It's not hard. It's really not. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking through here. I don't Most of the picks, maybe it's not who I would have picked, but I don't like hate really any of the picks that were made. Yeah. Even that one, I don't hate it. Right. Like we, we understand, we understand why they did it, but there, we just, we both think, and I think a lot of people would agree that there was a better option for the Bengals at that spot. But yeah, no, looking through these first 32 picks, I don't see any that I genuinely don't like other than Najee Harris (laughs) because of the same situation with offensive line. Yeah, um, I guess that same case could be made with Travis Etienne, too, going to the Jaguars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of needs, so that one was kind of a head-scratcher for me, but right. I get it. Def- I mean, you can find running backs anywhere. We've seen it. They found one undrafted last year. James Robinson was exact, right, exactly. very good. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But, know. yeah, no, looking, looking at the picks, it seems that made defensive picks, I think, did very well. Um, I hate to say it, but. The Cowboys drafting Micah Parsons. 
Yeah, I don't want to bring that up, but who a lot of people thought was the best linebacker in this draft, one of the best defensive players in the draft. It was a great pickup for them. They traded down. They got a third round pick from the Eagles for trading up for trade, you know, switching those those two spots. Michael Parsons there. Look, the Cowboys, as we know, their offense is fine. They don't really need to touch their offense, except maybe get another offensive lineman because they lost so many. But their defense has been, you know, that was the issue last year. And or it has been the issue for a while. Uh, yeah. So getting another linebacker there to pair up with Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. Those three, I mean, they're going to be studs. Those three guys are going to be studs. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. The biggest problem for Leighton Vander Esch has just been health. Has been health. I think if he's been, I think he was, if he was healthy, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't take him. If they don't, if the Cowboys don't take Michael Parsons there, but. I understand the pick. Yeah, but like you said, the three of them in the four three defense flying sideline to sideline is gonna be uh, yeah, great, are they, honestly. Like, are they ever gonna to need to leave base? Like like just hold it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean obviously I mean if, the defensive team, line is kind of iffy, so they might be yeah. facing a lot of blockers getting to the second level, but right. Like you said, they had to go best defensive player available and they did. So great he's pick. A, yeah, he's a freak athlete from what I understand. He ran a four three nine. Yeah, that is that's insane. He's going to be able to cover tight ends. They don't. They're not going to need to bring in a safety, or an, or an extra safety, or a nickel corner to, to cover tight ends. He will be the guy. Yeah, and, and to cover running backs. Yeah, you know, and that just adds so much to your defense when you can keep the same personnel on the field. That way, teams can't really exploit matchups on you as well. So, right. I think it was that was a home run pick. As much as I hate to say it, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, I mean, I guess before we wrap this thing up, I did want to talk about a few guys that I got an eye on here in the second round going into day two that at least a few of these guys I had going in my first round mock. So I'm interested to see how far they fall. Landon Dickerson, center from Alabama, he's been good for the last two or three years. Obviously, centers don't always go that high. so. We'll see, but he's I think he's a good lineman. Another one, Tevin Jenkins. He's a tackle from Oklahoma State. I thought the football team could have taken him at 19, and I wouldn't have been upset with it, but we'll see where he goes. I mentioned earlier JOK from Notre Dame, the linebacker. A lot of people had – I mean, I'm not going to say a lot of people, but I saw some people had him as the top-rated linebacker, even over Micah Parsons. I mean, I didn't really have that, but – Hey, he could be something. And then the last one really for me, Trayvon, I can never say his last name. They said it last night, and I know I'm way off, but Trayvon Mulrig from TCU, the safety. It's right to me. Yeah, like, dude, these spellings <laughs> nowadays, man, when I was doing that mock draft episode, I was struggling so hard, man. And the other thing that I was talking about on there is all these guys that – Instead of going with junior, you know, like the old, like mostly everybody used to do, people are now putting the the two eyes, the, the Roman numerals, the second, yeah, right. the second. I, is, all right, I mean, I'm not hating <laughs> on it or anything, but yeah, I mean, those four guys really, I'm gonna keep an eye on. There was a couple others that I had in in the first round, Christian Barmore from Alabama. Which, which one of these guys do you want Washington to get? Or I mean, I'm, I'm sure they won't be there with where you're picking in the second round, but who are you looking for Washington to get in the second round? 
Well, yeah, I mean, seeing that we just got Eric Flowers to come back from the Dolphins, he was good at left guard for us a couple years ago, solid for Dolphins last year. So I think we're good at the guard spots. Chase Rouillet at the center has been solid. Morgan Moses at right tackle. So we really need a left tackle. I think Tevin Jenkins could possibly do that. He's probably the only guy I see left that I would feel comfortable staying at left tackle. So if we could get him somehow, that'd be kind of cool. But other than that, one of these receivers might be good. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of them. Elijah Moore, Deami Brown from North Carolina, Terrence Marshall Jr., who a lot of people I think are sleeping on him. Yep. And then Rondell Moore from Purdue. He's so quick, man. Like I remember seeing him as a freshman and I was like, he just jumped off the screen to me. I was like, who is that guy? And he was just like, he's like a little like energizer buddy. Like he, he looks pretty small. So I'm not sure how big he is, but dude, that guy reminds me of like Dante Hall or somebody. Wow. So. Blast from the past with that name right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, one of those guys would be great. Yeah. Yeah. A receiver, like I said, Earlier when we were talking about Washington, I thought I thought they would get one in the first round, but there weren't any available that were valued getting at the 19th pick. So um, well, I mean, Kadarius guys, Tony went 20 to the Giants, but, but that was I, that I was a like reach. Him. That was a yeah, that was you know that honestly that might have been my my least favorite pick as well. Um, yeah, I didn't like that one. Either, now that I think actually. about it, but yeah, I think a receiver for you guys would work wonders for that offense. Give Terry McLaurin a little bit more space because. He is the guy. Everybody knows he is the guy, but I mean, he's still gonna he's still gonna perform. He always does, at least at least so far in his career. But for me, as an Eagles fan, I just want them to draft somebody whoever's good. Like I don't care. Like the the roster is so bad at this point. There's so many holes. The offensive line is good. I'm not worried about offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I'm not too worried about getting another edge to learn under Brandon Graham and to possibly replace. Brandon Graham once he retires because Brandon Graham is I think 33 he's just getting up there but he's just getting better and better which is crazy to think about but yeah a defensive end or cornerback or a linebacker one of those three I think if there is a, a solid player at one of those three positions for the Eagles I think High Roseman has to pick them instead of trying to reach for another receiver or a tight end or whatever High Roseman thinks another quarterback for God's sake please don't get another quarterback like Thought you guys might for a second there, <laughs> I, man. But one name I have my eye on is Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. Definitely. You know his dad was one of my favorite players for the Eagles once he signed over to the Eagles. Asante Samuel was one of the best corners in the league. Pick six, he was the pick six king in the league for a while. He was very good. I know he gave Eli Manning so many fits, especially in the playoffs. But yeah, Asante Samuel Jr. is one guy I'll be looking at. The Eagles need a corner, a CB2, a cor- the second cornerback, because they already have Darius Slay on one side. They need a solid guy to play on the other side. They we thought we that uh what's his name Avante Maddox. We thought he was going to be the guy on the outside, but he's more of a nickel corner. So if they can get a solid CB2 in that second round, I'll be very happy. Yeah, definitely. Asante Samuel's another guy who. He just jumps off the screen to me when I watch him. Florida State, it always seems like he's making plays. Reminds me a lot of his dad, honestly, in that regard. Yeah. Yes, he does. So, 
And that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up. We did see a lot of guys who were, you know, sons of former pro players. I didn't even know that J.C. Horn was the son of Joe Horn. The receiver? Yeah. Joe Horn? Wow. So that was interesting to me. Obviously, no Patrick Sertan. His dad, Patrick Sertan, was very good. Same position, cornerback. Ah, there was one more. I think. Well, that was one. Well, that will be one whenever he gets picked. Sante Samuel. He actually going with Junior. Uh, I like it. And then it, there was one more. I can't. I just can't remember right now. But we're seeing the second generation of guys. I, th- yeah. I always think that's pretty cool. It is. Yeah, it's awesome to see that. We're seeing it in the NBA and the NFL and MLB too. It's great to see. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, it just as like how I look at things, when I look at Patrick Zartan, if he's not better than his dad, then I don't know. It's going to be, going to be a little bit of a failure to be. So especially when they play the same position, it's pretty easy to evaluate. Yeah, you get you get to learn everything everything that his dad knew and learned in the NFL. He got to learn that when he was in high school, most likely. Yeah, he said they started working towards being an NFL corner when he was five years old. So I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. Dude, when I was five, I was still learning how to write my name. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? No, that that was no, it was a really good night for the draft. Like I said at the beginning, I was dreading just thinking about the NFL because the amount of stress the Eagles had put have put me through in the past like six months. But you know, it was a great night for the for for sports for us. I know I, I was really excited watching it, even though I have come to realize you might disagree with me on this. I've come to realize that the NFL draft is the most overhyped thing in sports, and it's not close. It's really not. <laughs> This does not need to be a three-day-long process that is drawn out in prime time. I know the NFL is about making money, but in terms of just the sport itself, it is completely unnecessary. And there's really no debating that. There really isn't. I know it's a great thing for the for the for the players to hear their name on draft night. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But at the same time, just let the teams pick the players who who's going to be on the roster. Just, nah, just, we, we got to see it prime time. No, nah, I think it, I was just going to say, I think it's cool that they've been doing it in different cities involving oh, yeah. more fans to be able to come. I don't know if I would attend the NFL draft. Cause like you said, it's like after a while, I'm just like, all right, right. we're just waiting for teams to call out names. I can do this from my couch, but exactly. I don't know. I think it's I think it's cool. I know watching it, I was pretty excited for the most part. Just well, mainly because I wanted my mock draft to be right. So I was I was tilting on every pick after they made the Jamar Chase pick. It just all went downhill for me. So I was like, I would get to a pick and I'm like, well, I already picked them to pick someone else. This pick's a wash. <laughs> but when it got to picks and teams that could have picked players that I picked and they didn't, very disappointing. So it added a new aspect for me. I'm going to keep – we definitely got to do a mock draft next year, get more people involved so we can see who can get more right. But I don't know. It's it's fun. Yeah. I Honestly, I don't watch college football enough to know a lot of these guys. And if they aren't one of the bigger name players – like I, I know most of the guys who got drafted in the first round – or not most of them, 
Like I know a lot of the guys who got drafted in the first round. But after that, it's way beyond me. I don't. Yeah. Way yeah. Beyond me. I mean, I agree with that, especially like especially for me this year with COVID and the way the yeah. college football season went, and so many games were getting canceled. I got to a point where I was just like, man, I'm just gonna wait until the playoff and the best couple teams. So I mean, I know a good amount a good amount about Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State, a little bit of Notre Dame, but outside of those four, I couldn't really call it other than going back and doing some research. Right. So yeah, it's definitely for more of the nerdy fan who's who's in the trenches and team building spectacular, but yeah, not your common fan is after pick seven or eight is like, man, who are these guys? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I guess from there, if you made it this far, thank you. First and foremost, you are a a true sports nerd. If you've made it this far, listening to us talk about guys who we've never seen play in the NFL. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Yeah. Thanks for vibing with us. If you're not already, I mean, if you listen this long, you might as well. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at AVG Sports Nerds. Got more content coming out on there. Updates and, when the episodes come out. Yep. And uh, we are in the talks of creating a, a, an average sports nerds TikTok as well. We're, we're going to st- start getting into making little videos on there. So once we start getting those out, you will be the first to know. On And on Instagram, we'll make an announcement that we have a TikTok. And uh, yeah, it, it's exciting times. Hundred percent, yeah. If you're on TikTok, be looking out. We'll be on there soon, for sure. But yeah, anything else before we get out? No, nope. I'm a, I'm a actually an, a happy Eagles fan for once. Yep. See, that's the good about the draft. Everybody's optimistic. Yeah, until your team drafts a quarterback that you shouldn't have drafted, which ruins <laughs> your team. <laughs> hey, jury's still out on that. But yeah. Have a good day, night, whenever you listen to this, and keep nerding it up.